Hello Maverick fans and welcome back to another episode of the Omaha StatCast. This time with another Omaha split with the Western Michigan Broncos with a 5-2 loss by the Mavs on Friday and a 4-2 win to bring up the split on Saturday. Let's get into it. As always, we will start off with all of the stats from this last weekend and overall this season. So the Mavs overall are 12, 11, and 5 on the season, 6, 7, and 3 in the NCHC, 4, 7, and 3 on the first night of competition, 8, 4, and 2 on the second night. The Mavs are 5, 6, and 3 at home, featuring their first NCHC win of the season at home. This last weekend, they are 7, 5, and 2 on the road. They finished 3-3-3 in January and started February off right with their uh, win on Saturday. They are 1-0 to start off February. The Mavs started at number 25 in the pairwise, finished at number 24 with a plus one on this weekend. Uh, Western came out even. I believe they stayed at 20, but then we'll come back to that later so I don't make a fool out of myself and you guys have the correct information. <laughs> Uh, goal scores this weekend for the Mavs on Friday. The Mavs didn't get on the board until uh, early in the third period on Friday. At 5.58, Kevin Conley on the power play from Brandon Scanlon and Tyler Weiss. And then also on a major power play at 7.37, Nolan Sullivan from Taylor Ward and Kevin Conley on the power play again. That would be all that the Mavs would get on Friday, however, losing 5-2. On Saturday, they got a couple late goals in the first and second period. In the first, at 18.05, Nolan Sullivan got his second of the weekend from Taylor Ward and Kevin Conley. That was an even strength goal. Then in the second, Taylor Ward got his first of the night at 18.08 from Brandon Scanlon. That was on the power play. Then at 15.25, Taylor Ward got his second of the, of the night from Kevin Conley and Timu Pokonen. That was an even strength goal. Then an unassisted empty net hat trick goal at 19-12 by Taylor Ward. That secured the victory for the Mavs and a huge, huge three points that they needed. Goal leader this year is Taylor Ward. He's got 16 on the year. Kevin Conley and Tyler Weiss are tied with 15 assists for total assists. And Taylor Ward leads in points, overall points with 27 that comes with 16 goals and 11 assists the Mavs scored six goals this weekend bringing that season total to 96 an average of 3.36 goals per game they allowed seven goals this weekend bringing that total to 84 an average of three goals per game against the Mavs had 53 shots on goal 812 on the season, an average of 29 even per game. The Mavs allowed 66 shots this week, bringing that season total to 839, an average of 29.96 shots against per game. On Friday for Omaha, Isaiah Seville had 35 saves on 39 shots faced, an 89.74 save percentage, while Brandon Bussey for Western Michigan had 23 saves on 25 shots, a 92% save percentage. On Saturday, Isaiah Seville made 24 saves on 26 shots faced, 
a 92.31 save percentage that Brandon Bussey for Western Michigan had 24 saves on 27 shots faced an 88.89 save percentage. Isaiah Seville on the season is 9-7-4. He's faced 612 shots, allowed 61 goals, has made 551 saves for a 90.03 save percentage. Austin Roden didn't see any action this this week. He's 3-4-1 on the year, 218 shots faced, 20 goals against, 198 saves for a 90.83 save percentage. Penalties on the Omaha side were very light this weekend. They had three penalties each night. No penalties in the second period on Saturday led to a huge second period that really got the momentum going for the Mavs. That really contributed. I believe the Mavs outshot Western Michigan in the second period on Saturday, 16-5, something like that. Um, Only got one goal out of it, but it was a big goal. Penalty and minute leaders. For the Mavs, Nolan Sullivan has 41 penalty minutes. Taylor Ward in second with 38. Then Ryan Jones with 33. Joey Abate with 28. Then Zach Jordan still with 27, the fifth highest on the team. The power power play on Friday went 2 for 6 for Omaha, 33%. Then on Saturday went 1 for 6, 16.67%. On the weekend went 3 for 12, 25%. The power play started at 19.44%, 21 of 108 to start the weekend, and finished the weekend at an even 20%, going 24 of 120 on the year. The penalty kill was pretty decent this weekend. They went 1 for 2 on Friday, 50%, then on, went 3 for 4 on, on Saturday for 75%. Penalty kill, 4 for 6, a 66.67 penalty kill percentage so not terrible but not the best definitely not the same penalty kill we've seen um, since the new year started when the weekend started the penalty kill was at 81.65 percent 89 of 109 finished at an 80.87 penalty kill percent 89 of 100 that is incorrect oh my goodness they are not 89 of 100 that would make uh, 103 of 114, 115, that's correct, <laughs> didn't update that, they are now 93 of 115, 80.87 penalty kill percent. Then on the faceoffs, Western took the faceoff battle 38-34 on Friday, a 47.22 win percentage for the Mavs, then on Saturday the Mavs were able to win the faceoff battle 29 23 a 55.77 win percentage on the face-offs that's all i have for these stats next up we're going to take an extended look at the pairwise pulse here we are in a little bit of a special edition of the pairwise pulse First, we're going to start with the biggest winner of the weekend in the pairwise. Minnesota was the biggest winner. They jumped up six spots to number 20 after they swept Wisconsin, who dropped four spots after uh, after they got swept. They dropped from 31 to 35. The biggest loser was New Hampshire, who lost 11 spots, started the weekend at 14, dropped all the way down to 25 after being swept by then number 41, UConn, who... 
uh, jumped three spots from 41 to 38. New Hampshire plays number 52 Canisius this weekend to try and solidify a little bit more of a bubble team um, standing. As I stated before, a little update on Omaha. They dropped to 29 after Friday's loss from 25, but their win on Saturday jumped them from 29 to 24, which is where they currently sit. Um, actually, right now, the bean pot is currently going on, so there's that game. The net, there's those games tonight. I haven't really checked, um, but I don't think... Let me pull up my little pairwise sheets. I don't think there's any other games this week that would affect until this weekend. Um, yeah, no. So, um, so yeah, the bean pot might affect it a little bit. Otherwise, the Mavs will start at number 24 to start this weekend series against Duluth, but we'll get to that in a bit. As I mentioned on Twitter, um, we got pretty college hockey deep today on Twitter, um, and someone someone on Twitter had mentioned uh, that Bowling Green, who is, uh, I think he said, 1-8-1 in their last 10, um, and have really, really dropped since 2020 started, um, not really performed as they did in the first half, um, are still receiving votes in the USA Joel poll. And so, uh, I, I've been kind of, obviously I've been watching the, the pairwise for a long time now, since November 10th, I've been keeping a track of every night and how teams are doing and how, you know, how every night kind of contributes to each team and each, you know, outcome. So, um, Princeton was one I wanted to do something like this for, um, a couple weeks ago because they started, you know, when I started, um, looking at the pairwise and keeping track of it, they were definitely, you know, near the top, not quite like top 15, but they were near the top. And then, um, December came and they, I mean, obviously that early in the season, the pairwise doesn't really mean much, but. Um, they really found out who they were, and the pairwise definitely um, put them in their place. So they were a team near the middle, um, maybe the middle of the top, at the beginning of you know November. December came, and they have just not been able to dig themselves out of the mid 40s, upper 50s. So we're going to get into the fall of Bowling Green right now. And we're going to start at December 29th, just before the new year hit. They started at, they started on November or December 29th at an 11th in the pairwise. The next day, 12:30, they lost to Miami and dropped six spots, dropped them to 17th. They fell to 18th when they were idle on New Year's Eve when Michigan State beat Ferris and Michigan Tech beat Michigan. Um. January 3rd and 4th, they were swept by Northern Michigan. After Friday, they dropped 21st. After the Saturday sweep, they dropped to 27th. January 5th, Michigan Tech beat Arizona State. Um, That moved them up to 24th. Then January 6th, the next day, Northeastern beat Bentley. That dropped them down to 25th. 
January 7th, Yale beat Vermont and Merrimack beat UConn. That moved him back up to 24th. January 8th, Boston University beat Brown. That moved him down to 25th. January 9th, Providence beat AIC and Bemidji State beat Alabama Huntsville. That dropped them down one more spot to 26th. January 10th and 11th, they had a win and a tie against Michigan Tech. After Friday's win, they went from 26th to 22nd. After their tie on Saturday, dropped to 24th for a few days. Then January 17th and 18th, they were swept by Minnesota State Mankato. 26th is where they sat after their Friday loss. 27th after the Saturday sweep. On January 24th was another big drop when they were idle. And the WCHA Lake Superior State beat um, Alaska Anchorage. Michigan Tech beat Ferris State. Minnesota State beat Bemidji State. And Northern Michigan tied with Alaska Fairbanks. They went from 27th to 31st after that. Then on January 26th, they were idle again when Yale beat UConn and Sacred Heart beat Quinnipiac. That dropped them one more spot to 32nd. Then, just this last weekend, they were swept by Bemidji State, which dropped them from 32nd down to where they sit currently as of um, right now, as of when I made these, to 36th. So, from December 29th to, you know, present day, um, February 3rd, they dropped 25 spots. And that is um, just... You know, I was watching this closely uh, the last couple weeks, and it's just gotten to the point where it's it's something significant. It's one of those teams that goes from in the tournament, you know, um, at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the new year, I guess, to finding out who they are in the second half of the season. And, um, you know, really needing to help themselves and not being able to do so. Um, Another team that comes to mind that I've also been watching is in the WCHA, which is Michigan Tech. They were also up 13-14, I want to say. Let me pull that up. 13-14. They've dropped, um, not significantly, but they've certainly also had a, have had a tough um, go in 2020. So let me pull that up. Um, which one is that? This one. So yeah, they, you know, they were 15 at the turn of the new year, 15, then they dropped to 18th, 19th, 22nd, um, and then just last weekend, um, not this most recent weekend, but the weekend before that, they were at 29 after being at 15 for most of the beginning of 2020. Um, and they sit currently 28th, so that's a drop of 13 spots um, over the course of a month. So, significant, yes. However, there's still, you know, a whole nother month of hockey to be played. There's, um, at least for NCHC teams, there's eight more games to be played. There is a lot more hockey to be played. So, the pairwise, although it is slowly becoming more um, more of something to watch, it's still something that, you know, can kind of be kept um, 
at least in the back of the head for now. Certainly after Valentine's Day weekend, when most teams will only have two, three more series left, to where they can only do so much and have to, you know, get some help from other from other teams, teams that they've beat or teams that have beat them, or you know, such and such, how the pairwise works. Then it will become more interesting. But until then, um, until you know, a couple weeks from now, um, the pairwise will remain something to watch um, in the back of your head. So that is it for the pairwise p- pairwise pulse for this week. Next, we're going to take a look around the NCHC. Alright, time to look at what happened around the NCHC this last weekend. Besides from the Omaha and Western Michigan split, the only split actually of the season, the other three series were sweeps. So we'll start in North Dakota where... The Fighting Hawks swept the Colorado College Tigers 1-0 in 8-1. Miami traveled to St. Cloud, where St. Cloud swept the Red Hawks 4-2 in 3-0 at home. Then, then number 10, Minnesota Duluth, traveled to number 4, then number 4, Denver, where Duluth swept 3-2 and 4-1, grabbing a big 6 points over Denver, who they were trailing before the weekend had started. So, the NCHD standings as they stand right now. Number one, North Dakota is 12-2-2-2 with 40 points on track for quite the impressive run. I don't... I, I You know, they, they do have a chance. I'll have to look this up for next week, but they do have a chance, I believe, at setting a new points record, um, which I believe I want to say is 49... I don't think anyone's ever hit 50, Um, but don't quote me on that. I'll do more research next week. But um, Then in second place in the NCHC standings is Minnesota Duluth, who came in at number six in the USAHO poll today. They are 10-4-2-0 in the NCHC. They've got 32 points. Denver dropped down to number seven in the USAHO poll. They are third in the NCHC standings with a 7-5-4-3 record. (laughs) 7, 5, 4, and 3 record. They've got 28 points, just 4 points back of Minnesota Duluth in 2nd. Then receiving votes, Western Michigan is tied for that 3rd spot with 28 points with an 8, 6, 2, and 2 conference record. So again, the top 4, North Dakota with 40 points, Duluth with 32 points, then Denver and Western Michigan with 28 points. That is the top half of the NCHC. They those teams currently have home ice advantage. If the end, if the end of the season was today, starting at um, starting the bottom half of the NCHC standings in fifth is Omaha and St. Cloud. They're tied with 21 points. Omaha's got a 6-7-3-0 record. St. Cloud with a 7-9-0 record. Again, both teams have 21 points. Omaha received votes um, in this week's poll, USHL poll. Then the bottom two teams, Miami is 3-11-2-1 with 12 points in 7th place. Then Colorado College rounding out the NCHC standings 
They're in 8th place with a 3-12-1-0 record. They've got just 10 points. So again, the bottom half is Omaha and St. Cloud with 21 points, Miami with 12 points, and Colorado College with 10 points. The only other matchup this week in the NCHC, St. Cloud heads out to Colorado College for, again, the only other matchup in the NCHC. Those games can be seen on nchc.tv, much like the Omaha Duluth games, which we'll get to. That was around the NCHC. Next, we're going to take a look at this weekend's opponents, the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. Alright, it is time to look at this weekend's opponent for the Mavericks, the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. The Bulldogs gained six spots in the pairwise. They are up to number six now after they swept Denver on the road. They went from number 10 to number six in the USAHA, USCHO poll. Then went 10 to seven in the USA Today poll. They are 15, nine and two overall. The Mavs are 11, 23 and three all time against the Bulldogs. And it was the only season series so far um, that the Mavs have not gotten anything out of um, as they were swept at home earlier in December. Duluth is undefeated when they lead after the first and go into the second, and undefeated when they lead after the second going into the third. They are 7-0 when leading after the first and 11-0 when leading after the second. Omaha's on a seven-game winless streak against the Bulldogs. Their last win was a 4-1 win on the road at AM Soil on March 2nd, 2018. Duluth is 7-4-2 at home, and the biggest stat is that they are a plus-18 goal differential in the third period at home, whereas Omaha is a plus-15 goal differential in the third period all season. So these very two high-scoring third-period teams will be looking to really build, either build on a lead or catch up um, and try to hold the other one um, either scoreless or, you know, keep them in check in the third period. The third period is going to be very big for both of these teams this weekend. Omaha is 3-12-3 when they visit Minnesota Duluth, and they are 10-17-3 as NCHC opponents. The power play for Duluth is, I believe, still top 10 in the nation, clicking at a 28%, 30 of 107 81.1 is their penalty kill, 86 of 106. Duluth has scored 82 goals this season, a 3.15 average. They've allowed 63 goals, a 2.42 goals against average. And just a reminder that the Mavs have scored 96 goals and are averaging 3.36 goals a game and have allowed 84, which is good for three a game. That's a little preview of the Bulldogs for this weekend. Alright, in this last segment I do, again, just want to offer a big congrats to Taylor Ward for his first career hat-trick on Saturday. It was the Mavs' second hat-trick 
of the season. The first, of course, coming against the same Western Michigan Broncos on Saturday in Kalamazoo when Kevin Conley scored three. Wasn't a natural hat trick, but a hat trick nonetheless. Um, Taylor was awarded the forward of the week by the NCHC. He had three goals and two assists, accounting and being a part for each of the four goals on Saturday in the, in the win. He had assist on Nolan Sullivan's um, second goal on Friday. Um, again, I want to thank you, the listener, for listening to this podcast, Statcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, it means a lot. I have so much fun making these. It's, it's really a joy to follow this team, to be a huge fan of this team, to believe in this team, believe in each and every one of these guys that puts Omaha on their chest and plays um, hockey for this great city. Um, so thank you for listening. Again, if you guys have any suggestions, anything you want to hear, um, any complaints, um, all of everything I say um, that's kind of off script, quote unquote, is my own opinion. Um, I have nothing to do with the university, so um, this is I do this all on my own time, um, and it's a lot of fun to do. I have a lot of, like I said, I have a lot of fun doing this, so. The more of you guys that listen, um, the more it makes me feel good about what I'm doing, and it makes me want to keep doing it. Not that I stopped doing it if no one listened, but um, it makes me feel good. Um, and thank you again for listening. Please follow me on Twitter. I am at OMAVS Hockey Fan, at O M A V S H K Y F A N. That is my personal account. Um, every time I upload, these uh, podcasts every time that um, it goes live I post the link Um, again all of everything I tweet is my own opinion I try not to get too controversial um, when it comes to hockey Um, I do post I I have my GoPro on every game every home game Um, and if some good stuff happens on the on the shoot twice end um, I usually try to post some highlights um, from the, the home series. So you can head over there, give me a follow. I'd really appreciate it. Um, also, go follow me on my live update Twitter at Mavs Live Update at M A V S L I V E U P D A T E, where I um, update live every single home game that I can make it to, which um, should be every single one the rest of the way, and away games as much as I can um, if my schedule allows me to be home and watch. So please be sure to give me a follow there. Um, That is really only active during um, games. So um, if you don't have NCHD TV, if you don't want to listen to the radio, you can sign up for tweet notifications um, there. Give me a follow, set those up, um, and I tweet as much as I can. I usually do um, every media timeout at home, every goal, um, every timeout taken by a team, stuff like that. Um, I try to do that as much. Um, and again, away, away games as much as I can, I tweet. Um, not, it's not very 
stat forward um, on the away games because I don't have they don't have all the stats on the screen or anything um, like they like I have at my disposal at the home game. But I still try to update as much as I can the away games that I can watch. Um, this weekend, the Mavs play at 7.07, both Friday and Saturday night. They can both be seen on nchc.tv. You can listen to Donnie and Terry on 1180 The Zone to the Deuce. And, drumroll, Alexis and I will be in Duluth this weekend. So, definitely give me a follow on at Mavs Live Update. I will be in Duluth live tweeting the games. Um from Amsoil Arena. Um, Alexis has never been there. I went up there, of course, for one night last year, the very last game of the season. Um, it was kind of a spur of the moment. Uh, I realized that it could be the end, of the end of the season, and the seniors last year had really um, meant a lot to um, not just me, but Alexis, um, unfortunately, because she couldn't make it. But I was able to make the eight-hour trip I left that Saturday morning. Um, I had just um, gotten done with a concert that night before and didn't get much sleep. But the drive up there was worth it. Um, I can actually make another podcast about that if, if anyone wants to hear about my... my um, gosh, it was, must have been 36 hours maybe in Duluth itself I mean maybe even just in Duluth itself I was only there for maybe 24 but if you guys want to hear about that story um I had a lot of fun um I got to hang out with the whole team afterwards and um let me know if you guys want to hear about that when I post this um I have a lot of fun ideas either in the postseason or um the offseason as uh, we like to call it in Omaha, the preseason, after the season's over. I've got a lot of fun ideas um, for possible quote-unquote preseason podcasts to kind of keep the content going um, and to kind of tell you guys about who I am and my experiences with the Omaha Mavericks hockey team. Since I didn't really introduce myself at the beginning of the season, I figure after the first season I should probably um, let you guys know um, my... I guess, stance with the team or my experiences with the team. So if you guys want to hear about that, um, hear a little bit more about me and Alexis and um, and my sister and my family, um, how we all became an Omaha hockey family, um, please let me know. I would love to tell you guys a bunch of stories. Um, I think I'm done saying, um, this stat cast, I've probably said it 300,000 times. So, I'm going to stop ranting. Please follow me on Twitter. Follow the StatCast again. Every time I post, you will see that on my personal Twitter, at OmavsHockeyFan. If you see me at a home game or an away game, um, if you're in Duluth, if you're a Duluth fan or, you know, whatever, I don't know. If you see me around at a home game, I'm most likely going to be wearing my Red Army jersey with my Twitter handle on the back. Feel free to stop me. Um... I would love to meet you um, and talk about stats and stuff like that because I just love it. So, again, now I'm going to stop ranting. Um, Yeah, thank you again for listening. And until next week, 
Let's go, man.